Like most guitar builders, I started off with basic tools, uh, bandsaws, routers. But even then, I always knew CNC was going to be the end result. Mark Gutierrez is making some wicked cool guitars. He keeps pushing himself and his machine in an effort to create new designs. His one-of-a-kind guitars are beautiful works of art. Today on The Maker's Garage, we talk to the punk rock machinist. So are you a luthier? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the technical term. Yeah, um, a luthier, but I guess I've always considered myself more of a, a maker and a tinkerer. But uh, first and foremost, I'm a guitarist. But yeah, I make guitars, so therefore I'm a luthier. Okay, playing one doesn't necessarily make somebody want to make one. Where does that come from for you? Oh, I don't know if that's the case. I think most guitarists... Uh, end up modding their guitars. I mean, there's nothing that comes off like the showroom floor that is exactly what a guitarist wants. So there's always going to be guitarists switching out pickups or modding electronics and setting it up the way they want. And that just kind of just escalates and leads up to eventually wanting to build your own guitar. Okay, so you think it's innate to the actual function of being a guitarist that you're eventually going to end up being some sort of maker, or you are a maker, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have you always made things even before guitar parts or guitars? Yeah, for sure. I think I started off with guitar pedals. So electronics was the easy gateway, right? So back in the day, we had Radio Shacks. It was easy enough to go in there to get electronic parts and uh, build guitar pedals. So that was a little bit more accessible. You didn't need big tools for that. You just needed a soldering iron and a couple of cents worth of resistors and capacitors. Okay. So have you built anything outside of music? Um, you know, every once in a while, I'll build my wife a coaster or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's mainly, mainly music. What was it about CNC that attracted you then and, and decided to go that route? That was always in the picture from day one. Like most guitar builders, I started off with basic tools, uh, bandsaws, routers, but even then, I always knew CNC was going to be the end result. And it was just to remove the human error, essentially, because I could make great guitars with hand tools, but every error was one that was introduced by me. And I wanted to eliminate that part. So I built enough guitars. I sold enough guitars to purchase the CNC, and that's where I'm at now. So how did Stradivarius do it? How did they do it? Um, well, he would go to the forest and listen to the trees. First and foremost. <laughs> Apparently there's a special forest over there where all the Stradivaria came from. Um, but yeah, hand tools and a lot of skill and a lot of talent and a lot of work. That's a master right there. So you get into CNC and the goal is to make guitar parts or, or did you get it for pedals or did you get it right for the guitar? For guitars. Okay, so you get in. Where do you start making stuff? I think people see the end product, which on your YouTube is amazing, but not everybody sees kind of the start of someone's CNC journey and where it began. They only get the fancy part at the end in a lot of cases. That's true. I think that like showing people the CAD work and the cam work is like YouTube suicide. Like it's, it's boring, right? No one wants to watch that. Uh, but yeah, there's like endless hours, weeks and weeks in uh, Fusion 360 for me. And then, you know, there's days and days of testing tool paths and then going out to the shed to start to build the guitars. And people see that, that end product. But yeah, the journey starts with CAD. And I, I guess I consider myself a designer too. I, you know, I went to school and I got a degree in design. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm at most at home there in Fusion 360. I'm doing a lot of design work in the sketches. That's where it basically all starts, but no one sees that part. How much CAD experience did you have before you jumped in with CNC? Zero. Um, I had some experience with like 3D modeling apps. So I took a two, couple of classes at the university for like 3D rendering, 3D modeling, but never for CAD. That was brand new. And luckily just with YouTube, you can learn anything. So I watched hours and hours of YouTube videos on Fusion 360 and that's where I'm at now. What were some of the challenges you came across? Where'd you get stuck or what was a concept that wasn't connecting with you right away? There were quite a few of those challenges. And every time I encountered one, I would overcome it just by going to essentially the uh, like the Autodesk forums. But some of those challenges, let's see, um, I think the one challenge that every guitar builder has, CNC guitar builder has, is transitions, right? So when you have a curve, let's say like a neck that's transitioning into like a heel or transitioning into another flat spot like a headstock. It's those two transitions where a lot of people get stuck because it does require a lot of extra CAD work. You have to do a lot of 3D sketches to, to build those transitions. How'd you conquer that? Is that a YouTube university thing or is that- Absolutely, awesome? YouTube university, a couple of forum posts, and essentially it's kind of stitching together knowledge from different places. Mm -hmm. So you learn a little bit here, but this idea over here is a little bit better and you kind of just mishmash them. And that's where I'm at now. Um, but I think when I'm building necks and particularly those transitions, every neck is a custom job, right? I never build the same neck twice. So I'm having to redo those things I've learned differently. And the approach is always different. So if Stradivarii are the 100 of achievement, where are you along the journey here? Oh gosh, one maybe? <laughs> oh, that's um, not charitable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I have heroes, like people, like guitar builders that I look up to. And, you know, they have like 30 plus years of experience, 50 plus years. And so I'm nowhere near that. I've been building guitars for like four years. Like that's a drop in the bucket. How long does it take you to complete a guitar from start concept to finished product that you put up? If you look at the end-to-end -end process, like holistically, from beginning to end, and I'm talking beginning from like, like material acquisition, like supply chain, all the way to the very end where you've got your guitar hooked up to a strobe tuner, tuner and you're like setting it up, intonation, you know, the works, not slots. It's a gigantic, huge effort. And it's, it's actually too long of a process. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm in a position now where I'm trying to reduce that process, but how many steps can we eliminate from it? Because right now I'm building maybe three guitars a year. And you're probably working pretty hard at that. With the spare time that I have, yeah. Because I, you know, I got a full-time job and I have a family and you know I cook every meal for my family and I spend a lot of time in front of the TV with my family and there's not a lot of time. But yeah, I fill in the cracks. I get up extra early on the weekends and um, I'm usually designing late at night. So yeah. Doesn't sound like it leaves a lot of time for sleeping. Oh, I get plenty of sleep. I, get, <laughs> I can actually fall asleep anywhere. I can fall asleep on the couch, on a chair, in the car, wherever. <laughs> What's your day job? I, I'm in business process management. I can say that. Okay. For yeah. the CIA then? <laughs> I, I work for the biggest, wealthiest Silicon Valley fruit company. Okay. <laughs> I think I saw that on your Instagram ID. <laughs> How's your design degree and that background helped you? How has it hurt you? 
So I guess, well, let's start with her. Um, I went to college a long time ago and we, I majored like in graphic design. So that's 2D print design, right? Print, mainly using like Adobe Illustrator and got a lot from that. And I loved it. And it wasn't until I got a computer and a mouse that I was like, yeah, okay, I can do this. I'm an artist because I, I can't like draw, right? right? Could never draw with a pencil. But yeah, computer and a mouse, I'm done. But yeah, I guess um, it helped a lot because we learned the the basics and fundamentals of just good design. And I still follow all those rules today. You know, I try to keep things minimal. I try to ask myself, why is that part there? What is this part doing? Why is this curve here? Why is that line there? What's its purpose? So those are the kind of the questions that I ask that I got from my education. And then how does it hurt me? Well, I don't know. I think, I mean, back then we, you know, we were using ancient machines and, you know, there was no really accessible CAD program back then. So I wasn't able to really get an education on that. You've had to do it all ex facto of college. You didn't get that benefit of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about the great guitar build-off. Yeah, that's a really, really cool annual event that occurs. And it really just brings in the entire community. Um, so a lot of my inspiration comes from other builders. And when you finally get all these builders together once a year, it's just a joy to kind of go through and watch their progress, their process, their tools. And it's a huge learning experience, not just for the end product, but like how they get to the end product. And um, I've been in the contest like the, you know, the last three years. That's how long it's been around. Yeah, I job, I'll probably just keep competing until they ask me not to. What division? Because there's a bunch of different divisions. Yeah. So this year, uh, it's the scratch build that I entered, but I also entered the freestyle build. And freestyle, I guess, is a category that really can't be kind of contained. You could kind of build anything you like. So I'm in that one too. And I have a, uh, a build I'm working on for that category. But the, the one I just finished was for the scratch build. You've mentioned a couple of times people that you admire in the guitar building business. Who are those people and what, what draws you to them in particular? Uh, I guess my biggest hero would be Ken Parker. And Ken Parker is now building arch tops, like a specific style of guitar that really takes a lot of experience to build. But he got his fame back in the 90s with the Parker Fly Deluxe, which was this completely innovative guitar that came out that blew everybody's minds, blew my mind. I actually was able to own one that was made by Ken Parker back in the, in the late 90s. Um, and to this day, that guitar is still a huge influence on everything I do, you know, to see that kind of progress because no one was using carbon fiber fretboards back then in the mm -hmm. 90s. No one was using like, you know, resin composite materials back then. No one could build a guitar that thin and he, he was able to do it. So yeah, super inspiring and one of my, you know, bigger heroes. Sadly, when I think of the 90s, I don't always think of the fact that it was 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> doesn't seem like that's possible. Uh, but you mentioned some of your some of the materials he was using at the time that were innovative. And now you have a CNC process that's available to a lot of people where it was not even 15 years ago at a non-industrial scale. What are some of your favorite materials for your builds? Well, I can tell you this. I'm, I'm slowly trying to get away from wood. Um, and that's not, that's a really divisive thing to say, especially among guitar builders, but we kind of rely a lot on exotic hardwoods, probably species that are, you know, nearly extinct or nearly going to go extinct. I think it's just, just a bad idea in general, but also because wood is 
an inferior material to build things like guitar necks. And guitar builders do all sorts of things to kind of circumvent that inferiority. We quarter saw, saw these things, we laminate them, we add carbon fiber stiffening rods, we add steel truss rods, everything to counteract the tension from those strings. And last year for guitar, guitar build-off, I built an aluminum neck. And that was the first time I ever worked with aluminum. And they told me I couldn't CNC aluminum on my machine. I have an old Shapeoko like XXL. You can't do it. It's not rich enough. I did it. I machined an entire aluminum neck. And it's a great material. I love aluminum because it doesn't generate, like I have dust extraction, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't generate like the, that dust that gets in the air. And I don't have to extract it. And I don't have to have that loud dust extractor on just makes these beautiful chips. Now those chips, if they hit you, they'll kind of burn and they'll stick to your skin, but still uh, uh, just totally worth it. Yeah, so aluminum is kind of like my new favorite material. Even on my old machine, I have worked with carbon fiber before with epoxy, that's a little messy, but we all use carbon fiber in our necks, like every builder does. So we use carbon fiber stiffening rods on either side of the truss rod. And then the last, I think last two guitars I built have a carbon fiber D-tube. So basically you channel out like a little U-shape in the neck and you put essentially a carbon fiber rod that's in the shape of a D in there and it stiffens the neck too. So of course my thought is why not we just make a big D-tube out of carbon fiber and then wrap it in like a veneer of wood. That would be ideal. It wouldn't move. It wouldn't, it would be resistant to humidity and the temperature. It'd just be an ideal material, but manufacturing something like that would be kind of crazy. I've seen a fair amount of rich light too. Yeah, rich light is a great material because it kind of looks a little bit like ebony. It machines awesome. Like you can get crisp edges with rich light. It doesn't have a grain orientation. I don't have to worry about like climb cutting or conventional cutting. I don't have to worry about grain direction. I don't have to worry about any of that. I just cut it. It's a little heavy though but it is also impervious to temperature changes and humidity, which is why I guess a lot of us like using it. And we all should be using it. We shouldn't be using ebony anymore. Who is this day that said you couldn't cut aluminum? I don't, the, the internets. Yeah, the internets is wrong. They are wrong. Yeah. yeah. When you build, do you build only for yourself? You have to get people that are hitting you up for custom orders. Yeah. So that's definitely a rule. Like I won't do custom work. I build what I want to build and uh, I won't do any kind of like custom requests. If you want to buy what I built, cool, but I'm not going to do anything for anybody else I, I, because I don't think there's really a market. Well, I mean, there's people who want my guitars, but like, it's not a big market for what I do. What's a OG Mark Gutierrez go for? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends on how much time and effort and what the level of effort was. I don't want to say. Okay. That's embarrassing. Right. Yeah, that's cool. No worries. No worries. What's your best design so far? What's the one you're most proud of? Wow. Um, hmm, my best design. I don't know if I've done my best design yet. Like, I think maybe it's the next design. I have this kind of idea about like, origami and like folding materials and light and shadow. I'm trying to try to figure out how to manufacture that and machine that, but I think that's going to be my best design. Okay. What prompted you to start making videos too? Cause not everybody is going to make videos about the process of what they're doing, whether it's guitars or CNC, and you put a, a good amount of effort into your videos as well. 
it started off with CNC because I was looking for videos about CNC and guitars. That's how it started. And there wasn't very many. So I thought that there was maybe a gap that I could fill. And you have, you get a lot of feedback from folks asking you questions and making you a source. I, I think so. Yeah. There's quite a few questions, but I think I tend not to reveal the things that they're looking for. Cause like, there's a few people who want to see like the CAD part of it. And I keep telling them it's boring. You don't want to see me on a computer screen clicking away. It's like hours and hours of just complete snooze fest basically. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I think what people are looking for. That's what I was looking for too. When I first started. What got you into music at the very start? Friends, family. I have, you know, a couple of musicians in the family parents records same story as everyone else really i think what really got it kicked off was i guess the punk scene it was something about that kind of like diy aesthetic of the punk scene that was kind of cool which i still kind of apply even today like i'm not the best machinist in fact they kind of probably break all the rules i think i'm more of a punk rock machinist yeah but yeah it started off in music just the way everyone else does just inspired by what was out there at the time that might be a good title for this one, the punk rock machinist. <laughs> like the cubby bear kind of thing in Chicago. Is that where you'd, where you'd want to hang out maybe back in the day? <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, where can people follow you and, and see what you're doing if they're not familiar and, and get familiar with what you're making? It's my main source would be my YouTube channel. It's just Mark Gutierrez. That's my name. That's where I pretty much post everything that I build and everything that I built on the CNC. Are you playing these things? Are you got gigs? Um, not these days, no. No gigs, but I do play them. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. In fact, there's, there's always a point in the process of the build where I just can't wait to play them. Like, I just want to skip steps, you know, to get to that point where I'm playing them. Because they're all unique. They're all very unique playing experiences. And they're unlike anything, really, that I've played before. Do other people get to come over and play with your toys? They don't because I'm not near anyone. I'm in Austin, Texas. And I think there's maybe like maybe two other builders here in town. Okay. Um, a lot of musicians. I mean, we're the live music capital of the world, evidently. But no, there's not a lot of people coming over to play them. What haven't we touched on that people should know about what you're doing and what you're into and your process or any of that stuff? I would say, you know, recently when it comes to like inspiration, I've just gotten into like AI image generation. I don't know if you've seen all like the artificial intelligent art that's been generated recently with just like word prompts, but like that has been a huge inspiration because you can actually collaborate with AI and dream up like mm -hmm. new designs that no one has ever seen before so that's kind of like my been recently my new sort of entry uh, for inspiration and creativity this, this ai driven dream okay so i've seen this on john oliver and i've seen the, the prompts that you can put in so what what prompt produced the most memorable result for you thus far I, I think it was something along the lines of silicone, translucent, synthetic, android, something along those lines. And well, obviously the word guitar is in there too. Yeah. And, it, and it built these kind of beautiful, like not glass-like things, but like translucent-like structures where you could see through them and see like things in them, but they were guitars and they were just amazing. And of course, impossible to build, but still inspiring. 
you ended up with something like Ex Machina plus a guitar. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Go and spend a, a nice weekend in a hotel in Norway, which is what that house was. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. Love the stuff you're making. Uh, and whoever this day is, just keep keep telling them you're wrong. Just yeah. keep showing them you're wrong. <laughs> For sure. Right on. Appreciate it, Mark. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Maker's Garage. Be sure and check out our entire library of other interviews with makers from across a wide spectrum of artistry. Information from people doing terrific work who hopefully inspire you on your next project.